Big Sip. Hey, 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 this is Gabriela, your host from The Big Sip. So excited right now. I have got this badass femme in the house, not physically in the house, but she in the house. And she is just like the literal definition of all things incredible, especially when it comes to digital marketing, being an entrepreneur, a woman business owner. And for many of you, I know you already follow her. This is the beauty and brains behind shitty wine memes. Amanda, who's building what we were laughing about off air, this shitty empire. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am very grateful that you are joining me today and that we're able to sit from your cup and just learn all about you and literally what's inspired this incredible online platform and presence and business, shitty wine memes. I mean, you have like over 45,000 followers on Instagram and people who are not just invested in wine, but come to you because they just relate to all of your content. And you're also doing badass things as a, a woman business owner to to give back and to create future opportunities for other people. So I'm so stoked to be, to be literally be here with you. Happy to be here virtually. (laughs) (laughs) Like how did shitty wine means like even just like the name, like what inspired that name? I think it's because the memes weren't necessarily like the best quality. Like (laughs) I I think, I think it's more that it's something that I wanted to slap together quickly. And I feel like, I was naming it for exactly what it was. They're, they're shitty wine memes in that a lot of times it's, you know, low quality images and things that are slapped together and, and kind of just fun and, and silly. So I think that's where the shitty wine memes came from. Well, you definitely nailed it. I, I mean, I don't think the anybody who looks at this thinks it's shitty quality at all. I think more than anything, they think it's relatable and they think it's hilarious. You've got great engagement on there. And I, I'm just so excited to learn about where your, your wine humor came from, where your wine appreciation came from, how you pretty much got, got started in all this and what launched you into wanting to become a woman owner of this incredible business and empire that you're building. Well, basically, the initial goal was that I really enjoyed memes and loved sharing them with my friends. And I decided to make some wine memes and just share them with my wine nerd friends. It's then when I decided to put them together on the page and made the page Shitty Wine Memes like in 2019. And slowly but surely, it just kept inching and and growing and growing. And um, a lot of people were relating to the different scenarios, you know, good, bad and silly. So it it just kind of went from there. Did you ever expect it to take off the way that it has? Or did you think that it was just originally just going to be something funny that you did? No, at first, I thought it was just going to be something funny that I did and shared with my friends locally here, like my wine geek friends, but it slowly kind of started to grow through people in the industry and in in restaurants that related to the content. Yeah. I, and I think that's the biggest part, right? Is how you take something that a lot of people engage with something like a meme, but you have turned something that people do for fun into an actual business that you are thriving in. Talk to me a little bit about just before that even came to be just like your upbringing, like yourself, like how did you end up in this space? Well, like I grew up in South Florida. I lived lived in South Florida my whole life. My family, we never had wine on the table. We, I pretty much drank Coca Cola with every meal. Like, I feel you on that. <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but it's just something that every meal, you know, Coca Cola. My grandma, um, Aldora, I call her Hita. You know, uh, she's an incredible chef. So you know, I grew up eating a lot of barocompoio, picadillo, chicken fricassee, like, um, and, you know, my father passed away when I was eight, and he was, he was American, and I was raised mostly by my mom and my grandma, so growing up in Florida, you know, I, I was working in restaurants, I was finishing up high school, and I wasn't really into wine at all, like I said, when I was growing up, I thought wine tasted very bitter, you know, I, it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. um, I could I couldn't, find wines that I actually enjoyed drinking. And I decided to go to school for hospitality management. It was there that I took like a, a wine elective course. And I, the teacher was just such a great storyteller that it felt each class felt like escapism. You That's know, cool. I grew I grew up in Miami, like a very hot, humid, <laughs> <laughs> so hot, so humid, no vineyards. I mean, there is wineries that make guava or lychee or avocado wine but no (laughs) 
there's no grape vineyards, you know, and everything's very flat. It's beautiful in, in a whole different way. But, um, you know, it, when he talked about the steep slopes in the Mosul or like the different cuisines along the Loire River and different wines, and I just like was, I fell in love with it. So, you know, he showed us not just popular wines, but, you know, good value wines to go find. So mm-hmm. every after class, I was like inspired to go find more and learn more about it. So it was just exciting that it's something that I could always be learning. And I was never a big study person. I was never big into into school, but, you know, and, and class, you know, taking classes, but that was a class I was excited to do the homework. I was excited to take the quizzes and learn. That inspired me to also work in the wine industry. And I, I wanted to find a job after that. And I have worked in wine sales, uh, distribution, training and development. But, you know, what I'm really passionate about is this page and being a little bit goofy. You get to merge all your worlds together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. I love how it it was just like very organic. It like came together naturally. And it was simply because your curiosity was sparked, like that creative side of you to just wanting to learn more and more and more and digging deeper and deeper. Wine is definitely something that there are so many things to constantly learn. It's like you open the can of worms the moment you become a fan. And then you're like, okay, I'm never digging myself out of here. I found a wine that I could, I liked and that I could drink. And I'm like, wait, this is something I can get into you know before they were also bitter but I found the styles I liked I kept going and now you know I like super bitter tannic wines or like <laughs> wines that are super sweet or refreshing I'm all over the place so it helped me expand my palate too that's you know, so as very, true as a picky eater but working in restaurants and wines helped me expand my my palate from you know uh, Cuban sandwiches <laughs> I'm open to all different cuisines cultures and and styles of food and and wine And that's the fun part. And I think the thing that sometimes people who are a little adverse to trying wine, they're like, oh, I don't like the taste. And I'm like, well, it's like anything. Like you have to acquire and like build yourself up there. You can't just immediately go to the most bitter tannic wines and expect that you're going to, you know, fall in love with that. You have to slowly work your way there. I am curious, though, what was what was the wine that captured your heart? Well, I would say I think it was the class that he taught on. Germany and we tried it was like a Salbach Aschleife so it was a sweeter style wine and he was talking about the the steep slopes and the castles and when I sniffed it, it like it just transported me you know from my hot humid 90 degree weather <laughs> in Miami and I was like wow the low alcohol too I think that's what did it for me like that it was a lower alcohol wine uh, that was easy to drink, and I could picture myself just drinking it with a meal instead of a soda or outside. And it just after that, I was you know looking for similar styles like higher acidity, lower ABV, like um, and then kind of worked my way up to more some, some more serious styles now. You know, Nebbiolos are all more more bigger, bolder wines that I love. So it really helped me expand That's- my. Uh, taste your taste and your palate and also like everything that's available out there because there's so much wine to be explored from so many different places and that's something that you also like totally reflect across your page you don't just stick to california wines you don't just stick to like things that you think only a certain group of people are going to understand which is why i think your reach is so big because you bring so many different aspects of the industry to the table and it's not just a meme page right like you have created a full business around this you also work with so many amazing organizations to try to help give back. Um, I know right now you've got an initiative going on with Hispanics and wine. You've also got your own page too, where people can buy into merch. So I, I mean, like what you're doing and the fact that it started off as just a passion project and has now turned on into this full-fledged business, like you are just such a dope Latina doing the damn thing. Oh, thank you. Me too. <laughs> we ain't here for me. We're here for you. <laughs> I love, so I love what inspired shitty wine memes and just like your love for memes in general I actually if you don't mind entertaining me a couple of those like I would love to know like where do you draw the creative inspiration from that because it's one thing to like memes it's another thing to create a meme but it's a very different thing to actually create funny memes that make sense and that are relatable and your content is like never the same you always bring something new like where are you constantly drawing in these creative pieces from Well, I grew up spending way too much time on the internet. I love movies, shows, games, pop culture. 
like my fiance is a huge nerd, loves comic books, action figures, all that. So a lot of it is applying line concepts or uh, with scenarios with recognizable characters or creating little characters or scenarios like I do like with the chihuahua meme. (laughs) Recreating like uncomfortable or weird wine situations. I also love art. I'm really drawn to creative people. My logo is actually inspired by Mauricio Catalan's piece from Art Basel where it was a banana. Yes, I remember that. (laughs) That Sold for like $120,000, so very absurd. And he was kind of poking fun at the art world. And there's a lot of parallels with art and, and wine. So I try and do the same thing. I try and do it in, in a playful, lighthearted way that's, a, you know, a little bit satirical. And, and inspiration comes from a lot of the media I consume or just scenarios and life situations. Life situations, indeed. You're one of them, actually, one of my favorites that I thought was hilarious when you posted it. And there it got like some great engagement on it. It was a picture of a whole bunch of flamingos like in a flock. And it said, you captioned it, footage of wine influencers scrambling to post something for National Rosé Day. And it's so true because like literally on all of the national holidays, definitely National Rosé Day. Everyone will be on their feed, like trying to find a way to somehow make relevant content like that one you nailed it yep thank you and it's hard to keep up with all those wine holidays so i try and i can try and do it too with the memes if there's a certain holiday make something around that <laughs> no and that's smart i mean again that speaks to not just your creativeness but like you have nailed down like digital marketing from that aspect in this way that is completely relatable have you ever thought about getting more into that digital marketing space through shitty wine memes or like expanding on that or what's like the next the next thing that you're looking to work on with with your shitty empire (laughs) it's tough like i I, i've really enjoyed creating the website and you know putting the the pins and the magnets and stickers up there and i really like that aspect of it and you know put creating it and shipping it and adding my own little personal touch Mm -hmm. in terms of the uh, digital marketing um i think i'm going to be working on like a curated syrah box with like a a small wine shop out of california so maybe more collaborations and and things things of that nature but i'm also very cautious of who i would collaborate with on the page and um taking things like step by step and and making sure that the things that I put out there are working towards the kind of wine industry that I'd, I'd like to see in the future. 100%. And I like that you're mindful of that because I think we all have that social and personal responsibility, right? Like, great to start your own business. Anybody out there can do that. But like, how can we do those things and find the passions that we have, but do it in a way that's purposeful and in, in creating positive impact for the future, whether that be for our own future, future generations, like where we want to see this world going. Like, that is so cool. Um, I am excited to see exactly what comes from that collaboration. Who would be some of the exciting other other spaces and, and locations that you would want to find collaborations in? It's really just, um, for me, it's seeing what opportunities come, come my way, too. I was really excited to go to FL Excursion. It was a, a conference in the Finger Lakes, and I was on a panel for Terroir. It was about Terroir of the Internet. <laughs> and it was a really cool space because I got to network with some great people that I that I had looked up to. And I'm actually going to be hosting a, a wine dinner at Niche Niche on October 16th. Very cool. And it's going to be, I have a side project, Wine and Pokemon, where I pair wine with Pokemon cards. So it's <laughs> going to be starter Pokemon and wine. And it's, I almost, it, it's kind of hard to say this, but I almost enjoy pairing the wine and cards and the wine and Pokemon page more than making the memes sometimes because it's just fun to think about like you know the lightning as the acidity the the water Pokemon as like you know the refreshing or factor the fire with like volcanic wine like it's so fun to just throw around different ideas and create those silly pairings. Yeah, those are your creative juices flowing. Like you are constantly tapping into that. I think that's what I think is the most fun about what you bring and what you do is you have this world, wine obviously already that people are invested in, but like the creative aspect of this, right? Digital marketing in general, it's just something that is never boring and something that you can make your own. Like it doesn't have to be a recreation of what already exists out there. Like you really get to decide what that looks like. And, you know, wine is, is very 
intimidating. Uh, there's like a huge learning curve sometimes and people are intimidated to get into wine. So I feel like the comedy adds a bit of levity to the wine, you know, just like acidity does when the wine is squeezed, like kind of adds that, that much needed levity to, to a subject that can, can sometimes intimidate people or overwhelm them when they're in the store and there's so many different options. Yeah, that's it, so true. It's a risk too, you know, it's a risk. You're paying for a bottle. You're not quite sure if you're going to like it or not. No, yeah, you make a good point. There's a there's definitely a risk when it comes to that, but you do it in a way that I personally find to be flawless and just interesting more than anything. I was telling you off the air too, one of my other favorite ones, speaking of Pokemon, but one of them that says when the wine comes in styrofoam shippers, and I don't know who that Pokemon is, so maybe you can speak to that. Bulbasaur? Am I am I accurate? Yeah, Bulbasaur. Ah, do not quiz me on my Pokemon game because that girl has not come out probably since like the seventh grade. <laughs> but I thought it was so funny because uh, you like show this picture of like styrofoam shippers and then Bulbasaur is saying, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And it's so true. I mean, like, and again, talking about too, like what kind of a world do we want to create, right? And you were talking about some kind of shipper box that you're hopefully doing a collaboration on. It, we have to be mindful about making sure things are always improving. And this meme spoke to me specifically because I feel the exact same way. Anytime that I've ordered wine or had wine shipped to me, the moment I see styrofoam, I'm just like, I expected better. Like, do, have we not all been having conversations about how we need to protect Mother Earth? Like, the styrofoam should not even be around anymore. Like, we need to stop this. <laughs> what drew the inspiration for that one, aside from the obvious of, like, what I literally just talked about? It's really tough, like in Miami, where it's really hot to get wine shipped here. So we see like a lot of ones that are coming, you know, in styrofoams and, and also when they're imported from across the world, too. It's such a big carbon footprint. So, you know, it's what I like to do is now is ship less wine in and, and try and support the, the local shops that are here in, in South Florida. I, I think that's what inspired it is just <laughs> Bulbasaur styrofoam sad <laughs> it's just to throw stuff out there <laughs> do you mind entertaining me if I take a couple of more that I really liked and talking to me about the inspiration for this or just where the where the humor comes from for those people who might not know about uh what these experiences are like sure one of them is actually these coffins and you put in like these really nice it was a it was a depiction in reflection of like a very plain coffin and then coffins that you would see in like the olden days with like caskets for for mummies and it says rich people they've got this basic coffin right poor people this basic coffin and then the really nice coffins that you know like ancient mummies are probably wrapped in says people who don't move their glass towards you and you're pouring where did that come from well i worked at a wine bar down here in south florida and it was a constant thing. Like our tables were shaped very strange. So I was always reaching to pour. I also have very short like T-Rex arms. <laughs> and so there was always people that while I was like mid pour, they would move their glass like to try and help. Of course, it's coming from like a nice place. They're trying to help. They're trying to move the glass towards you. Like, here you go. But it, it makes it so much worse because when you're mid pour and they're moving it, I, I hate, I hate billing and I'm a very clumsy person which is incredible that I was able to survive service like for that long but people would always be moving their glass while I was pouring so when I think about like people that I, I love in restaurants are the people that they just leave their glass there don't move it so. no I literally as soon as I, I remember the first time I saw people. it yes <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that one, I was like, oh my gosh, never have I ever related to a meme more in my life. Because anybody knows if you're pouring wine into a glass, yes, you totally understand somebody's trying to be kind by being like, let me move this closer to you so you don't have to lean across the table. But they don't understand like when you move your glass, lady or sir, madam, like now I'm going to spill it and now I'm going to look like the one who doesn't know what they're doing. Oh my gosh. You mentioned something earlier about being on a panel called like a terroir of the internet. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. What does that landscape look like for you then when it comes to digital marketing? Like where do you see it kind of going and how do you think that that's influenced the wine industry or even attracting like new wine drinkers, for example? What's cool about digital marketing and social media, it, it really allows people to find like their virtual palette buddies, like people that they can identify with that have similar tastes or interests that can lead them into something that they really enjoy. 
And it's really also amplified a lot of voices that might have not been able to get their platform out there to now have their voices out there and, and also promote different different styles of wines and tastes. So I feel like we're in a really cool age now that there's so much information out there and there's so many people out there that are doing much more educational style things that are low cost or even free. I think that that part of the digital marketing is really exciting. Yeah. And I think to that extent, when you talk about, you know, just being able to add that value for the education, then we get, I mean, obviously the pandemic also impacted this, but you think about like virtual tasting experiences and just like accessibility to this industry, right? Like it's always felt like it's been somewhat exclusive, whether it's because of location, like you talked about not having any of, you know, these vineyards around. And so you loved this class that you took because it allowed you to escape and to imagine what it would be like to access these places. So the more more we provide those pipelines for people to just feel like this is an industry that you can easily digest. I think the more the digital marketing and just being able to meet people, whatever level they're at, knowledge wise, like interest wise, where it's really going to try to to start driving people more and more towards discovering things that they actually enjoy. What emerging like marketing trends then have you been able to identify that have either already impacted our industry or you think could impact our industry as we look to the future and where this is kind of the direction it's heading into? I see a lot more people that are doing creative things that are thinking outside of the box. In terms of trends, I think people are asking a lot more questions about how the wine is made, you know, the farming practices, why does the wine taste the way that it does? I think it's actually a very exciting time to be in wine and there's so many different paths in the business so people are now looking at formal curriculums that are out there or textbooks and grids and starting to recognize that just because it's not in there doesn't mean it's not valid and Mm -hmm. the industry can can sometimes feel like an echo chamber so it's really exciting to see people that are doing things more creatively when it comes to to trends that's kind of been what's the the most exciting is that people are demanding to know more and and wanting to know more about wine and what goes into making wine and I don't think people are so stuck to certain grapes or styles that's what I've seen a lot especially with some of the the younger generations that are getting into wine that might have come from like a craft beer background or from drinking cocktails they're they're really interested in underdog grapes are grapes that like they haven't heard of or regions that they haven't tasted so people are much more exploratory which is exciting you know they don't necessarily want to drink the same wine that they saw their their grandfather drinking or you know (laughs) so it's kind of uh, cool and in that way yeah because cab is great but it doesn't have to necessarily be king there's so many other varietals out there to explore and to your point the really cool thing about a lot of the trends that are coming out is getting people to create new types of wines and new types of styles you know right now there's like a really really big draw on organic natural wines I also follow someone on Instagram I don't want to butcher their name so I'm not going to say it but they created their very first blue wine you know it's like all of these different types of avenues that people it just takes having that creativity like wanting to just try it out and then seeing what happens and I think that's the exciting part is our generation and even the generation that's coming in is so much more open to the idea of getting creative and thinking outside of the box whereas maybe that older generation has kind of felt that you know wine which is has been around for centuries that it needs to stay in like this old timey type of tradition and like that's great you know if if people love that like I'm all for that. But I also think that part of the exciting thing is, you know, just exploring and being able to try something different. And so let's also embrace that aspect. For sure. For me, that comes from a background of like a very, you know, structured wine education. It's really cool for me to see all the new exciting things that are happening because it it never gets old. Like there's always someone trying, like now we see people making really exciting wines from hybrid grapes or even co-fermenting grapes or like it's all 
awesome. You know, there's just so many different things to to be done and to explore. No, for sure, I totally feel feel that. What has your experience in the industry historically felt like from the moment that you came in? Like, I know a lot of your memes have to do with how how wine is approached and how sometimes there's like all of like this tech stuff and and people try to make it very cerebral and sometimes that can be the 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 barrier to the entry is not knowing that. But what was that like for you as you really started to learn about wine and how do you try to use your voice and your platform to kind of break down those barriers? Yeah, like I feel like the hardest thing for me when I was getting into the industry was not growing up near vineyards or having wine on the table. So it was a really big like learning curve for me and finding a good mentor or or tasting group was was kind of tough. And I also have like a resting, smiling face, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like a defense mechanism and I'm, you know, five one, and I have a very goofy demeanor that it's hard to be taken seriously sometimes. So I really felt the need to do certifications. You know, I even did a wine competition. Um, I felt like I had to prove to myself that I was just worthy of working in the, this mm. industry or being in this industry. And the whole journey was really uncomfortable a lot of the times I felt like, am I doing this right? Did I pronounce this grape right? You know, I, I, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the big fancy lists that people might be in those restaurants were, were working in. So mm-hmm. there was all these questions about these wines that were, that I, have, I had never tasted that I just had to pretend I, I was, I knew Familiar about with, yeah. I slowly learned that you can't be afraid to ask dumb questions and, you know, you, it's okay to ask for help and find people that you look up to and that are doing cool things with their list that you aspire to. And you'd be surprised like how much people might be willing to help if you just go out there and ask. And it's something that I'm, that I'm still working on is being more open and asking for help when I need it. So putting in like a lot of self-study time and, you know, don't always feel like you're bothering people. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes there's people out there that do want to help you, you know, and you don't need to apologize so much. Like it's okay not to know things and it's okay to say like, I don't know what that crew is or I don't know what that grape is. (laughs) You know, just like don't don't let people get you down in this industry because there's going to be a lot of people that might try to make you feel stupid for not knowing. Exactly. Like I remember I was at a, a tasting. I won't say what it was but it was like a tasting for Rioja and all the tables had Rioja wine and I was new to the industry and hadn't tasted a lot of these wines and at every table I was asking what's the grape what's the grape and he's like they're all Tempranillo duh and I was just like whoa how am I supposed to know that duh (laughs) (laughs) and then like I felt so like small after that I remember I felt like why am I here I looked around I was like one of the younger like shorter people in the room and I was like I just felt small so like I hope like with this page I can like highlight some of those uncomfortable like scenarios and let people know like that their experiences are are valid and that the, the that there's a lot of people that will relate to your experiences and a lot more people that are sharing their stories and making sure that I I am helping to amplify the different paths that there are in the industry I think that that's in one really important and two the amazing opportunity that you have with this page, right, is to be able to have others know that they're not in it alone. Um, I, 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 it's funny because I'm born and raised in Napa, but I relate to so much of what you said because just because I'm born and raised here doesn't mean I know everything about wine. Like my knowledge is so limited to just Napa Valley wine specifically. And even beyond that, it's like, I didn't necessarily have wine at my table growing up, you know? So it wasn't something that I could enjoy and consume. So the moment like people start talking to me about all these other grape varietals, or sometimes it's like the name of the wine. I'm like, is that the name of the grape or the wine? Like the brand, you know, like, I don't know. And you feel silly asking because you don't want to be wrong or you don't want to seem like the noob in the group. But at the end of the day, it's like, I am and I shouldn't be made to feel bad just because I don't know the answers to these things. Like all of you didn't know at some point, you learned it somewhere. So it's like, why not be more open to that dialogue and to having people feel like they're welcomed into the space as opposed to what I often have sometimes felt, especially growing up here, is this sensation of like, 
oh, you don't know, like, like you don't belong, right? Like you're not supposed to be here and, and you feel like, okay. And you start to question yourself, like, am I not supposed to be here? Like, is this really something that's, you know, suit, like suited for me? And nobody should ever feel like that. So again, like your page and the fact that you just said that you hope that that ends up speaking to people so that they know that they're seen. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. Cause it's not, it's not just a meme at the end of the day, right? There's like this whole other world around acceptance that people end up finding within your memes and like relatability. And you do that using wine as the conduit and using your memes as the conduit. And that's something that's really powerful and impactful. You should feel proud for for literally what you've created, the empire you're creating. Have there been challenges of being a woman entrepreneur and like starting this business? Or what has that journey looked like? And even positive things. I always love keeping it positive. <laughs> For sure. Like, I think it's a thing I, I was mentioning before, like, always feel like I'm bothering people. You know, I, I, I'm a stubborn tourist too. You know, like I'm very, <laughs> I'm very determined, you know, so I love learning to do things on my own and, you know, I think it's more just learning not to apologize so much for no reason, not being afraid to take opportunities. And also like, I'm starting to realize you know, know your your worth as well. Like know when you feel like it's an opportunity that you should be paid for or or, or paid more. With the e-commerce store, it's been like a bunch of trial and error. And I love learning how to do it. You know, I, I, I there's something really cool about selling something online and shipping it and seeing it go to different places around the US and and different countries even. So it's been really exciting. I love that. And your e-commerce platform has some really cool pins for those of you who are listening in and you have not checked out these pins. One, what are you doing? You need to make sure you go do that. But two, like you have a give back opportunity, which I think is important. Like right now you said something about like the importance of getting paid for the work that you do, right? And especially as people of color, like so often we think like, oh, I should just be grateful that like somebody is wanting to collaborate, you know, and like share my name. And that's all great. Yes. You know, have somebody want to amplify your name. But at the end of the day, like also pay me if you're asking me to do work for you because I'm taking time out of my day to give you something. And that I think is a, an important way of changing the industry of being able to make sure that we are accurately amplifying people of color in this industry as well. And I know something great that you've done recently and are actually doing right now as well with Hispanics and Wine, the Roots Fund, you started a partnership with them a couple of months ago and you announced that a dollar for every pin that was sold would actually be donated to their entire Roots Fund organization. And I know right now for Hispanic Heritage Month, you've launched some special pins with Hispanics and Wine. What has it been like to create impact with two organizations, two nonprofit organizations that are really making big changes in the wine industry for people of color? Uh, I, I was so excited to start that partnership with the Roots Fund. I love what they're doing. They they like they have some incredible scholarship opportunities, not just in the certification side, but also working in the vineyards, like getting to know the winemakers in the process. So I love that it's all the opportunities that they've cre created, and I, I'm very happy to you know, donate a dollar for each pin to that organization and and get more people aware of the scholarships that they're offering because it's it's really incredible. And also with Hispanics in, in wine, it's been really excited to get to know Lydia and Maria. And I was so happy when they reached out and said they wanted to do a, a pin collaboration. <laughs> and it was so hard to think of something, you know, to, to do, but we all came to realize we all love empanadas. <laughs> we all love wine. And we thought it'd be cute to just put cheers, salute. So it was just a, a really fun collaboration and I, I really enjoyed working with them on that. No, and I love that pin, especially because the empanada is so cute. It's like smiling. And I think it speaks to something bigger, right? This stigma that says cultural foods, Hispanic foods cannot pair with wine, you know, and that it's not something that goes. And yet empanadas and vino, like if you've never tried that, you should try making some for yourself, everybody out there, because they're bomb together. So the pin is not only cute, I think it speaks beyond, you know, this other issue, which is, hey, like Hispanic food, like cultural foods in general, they do pair with wine. And like, this is something that we should be supporting and a message that we should advocate for. So again, like what I love about everything that you do is 
people can look at it as just pins or just merchandise or people can look at it as just memes, but it's something that goes so much more beyond that. Whether we're talking about how to increase diversity, how to create actual impact, you know, conversation starters around seeking a more equitable world, like breaking down stigmas within the industry that people historically have thought like, oh no, like this can't pair with that. Like it, it you are getting conversation started in a way that's easily digestible and approachable. And I think that's what you excel at so well and why why I think so many people are are super in love and invested in shitty wine memes. I mean, I, everybody at the a couple of months ago when Darwin threw their co-fermented party was so stoked to be rocking their shitty wine meme pims. And, and I could see in everyone's face too, people commenting, being like, I see your pin and I see your pin. And I'm just like, there's this whole community and culture that's being created just through your pins. That's so exciting. Like I, I, I wanted to be there so bad, but I was just so happy to see the pictures and to be able to sponsor that event for, for co-fermented, which came about because I've been doing a, a bit of coaching sessions with Miriam. Oh, nice. Co, so she, she reached out to me about that opportunity. And I was like, heck yeah, let's, let's, send, let's do it. Let's send some of the amazing pins and stickers and I was I was so happy to do that well you know what we'll just have to welcome you out here or or maybe you know you'll you'll come out here with the roots fund and do something different has that ever crossed your mind like definitely not abandoning ship with what you're doing with shitty wine means whatsoever but knowing that there's organizations that exist to drive out people here to experience a harvest or to experience parts of the industry is any part of you like curious about trying that out in the future Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I've always wanted to work a harvest, but like life always gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And it was true when I was younger, like I was just getting into wine. And I remember I applied for like 20 different harvest internships. Like I sent all these different resumes. And then I think like only one or two got back to me, like actually emailed me back. and, And it was like, well, you know, I don't know if you'll be able to like lift a barrel it's going to be a lot of hard physical work. And it kind of scared me away from production. I know. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, like that's that y'all was are very, sexist. <laughs> it was very, you know, and it kind of like turned me away a bit from the production side. But that's, that's not to say that the next time I go out there, like going to just work a few weeks harvest, like that's something that I still have it on the next year, next year, and every every year I push it off. But I know now I definitely, you know, would want to get to know a little bit more about that side of the business. And for me, like in Miami, every time I'm, I see a vineyard or I'm in a vineyard or see like a slope, I freak out. I'm just like, <gasps> like, it's like magic land. <laughs> I love traveling and I love visiting, you know, different vineyards for sure. Yeah. When you travel, does a lot of it get influenced solely because of the wine and discovering like pro- profiles of wine in those areas? Or where do you draw that inspiration from? I don't do too much travel, but if I, if I do travel, like it's really like if I'm near a wine region, it's just to, to learn more and, and interact with the people that are making the wine, get the full experience. And it's, it's always super nice to actually see the things that you've been reading about or studying about, or even meet the people that you've been selling the wine of, it just brings it all to, to life. So I think that that's the most exciting thing. And I think it's more just me being open to different opportunities and experiences. You know, I was working a a corporate job, like in an office for about three years doing, you know, a lot of Zoom training and development. So I'm excited that now I have more time to focus on the brand and and shitty wine memes and, and doing the things that I like to do. Yeah. What are some of the exciting dreams and visions that you have in the pipeline of where you want to take this? Or like, what, what are you most excited about in continuing the journey? I think since a lot of the, the the growth of this page was really kind of un, unexpected, it's more just continuing to be consistent. And I think that's a big part of the growth of the page is, is posting consistently mm-hmm. and also trying to do new things like doing this, this inter- interview with you. Like I haven't done many podcasts or, or interviews or being on, on panels. So I think it's more just putting myself out there a bit more. Like I'm, uh, as you can tell, I'm a little bit shy of being out behind the brand, but I think it's more putting myself out there and making those collaborations and connections that feel right and feel good. And I think that's going to take me in the way that I'd like to go. 
Well, girl, you should be tooting your horn because you are so dope. And I know so many people who would probably love to know the face behind Shitty Wine Memes, which is why I'm so excited that you're going to be a part of the Latinx Virtual Summit coming up uh, on October 13th. You are a part of the, the marketing and media for Hispanic consumers. Is it important for you? And I know we'll definitely dive into this in that platform, but like, how do you also like take in your Latinidad and your culture and tie it into to what you bring to the table with shitty wine memes and how you market a lot of this stuff to wine consumers, but also looping in that Latino Hispanic narrative. For me, when I'm when I'm making the memes, I look for a lot of things that peop- a lot of different people can connect with. So I pull from all different sources when it comes to the characters or the scenarios. I, I try and stick with universal themes and experiences that I've had in the industry. And I think my kind of like silly... Cuban sense of humor sometimes comes through in the in the memes and just a little bit of kind of that sass can sometimes <laughs> in, in, in the memes as well. So I think when it comes to growing the audience and like being more in touch with them, that my my culture and upbringing, I think it's more just sharing my story and how I how I got into wine and coming out a little bit more behind the page and and showing that wine isn't just something that you can get into from, you know, living near a vineyard or, you know, having a family that has a wine cellar or drinks wine. So I think it just exposing more of and working more in my, my community too. Like in Miami, I love visiting the local wine shops here. We have a a lot of great like Latin and Hispanic owned wine shops. So, so you know, sharing sharing them a little bit about the page and um yeah there's just so many inspiring people in the wine community down here in Miami that are really supported supportive of the page so it's been cool to kind of get out there a bit more and and you know build a little bit more community down here in Miami yeah because we're a big cocktail city but when it comes to wine it, it just feels like everybody just like, oh, nose up, like, you know, like, oh, man, like, I just want a cocktail, like wine. And everybody just kind of looks at you like you're, you're the fanciest person. In the world. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, a, you know, I think through maybe even doing like pop ups or things down here, you know, just getting people more exposure to to different wines and showing them that there's a lot of great values especially when it comes to wines from south america or wines from even mexico or uh spain or different parts of the canary islands like i feel like that's that's definitely something that i i try and highlight in the page is sometimes i'll throw different little nerdy wine regions out there that maybe people haven't checked out yet and some people were like i actually tried blau frankish because of your page i love that (laughs) or like people that mentioned that they've tried something new or a wine from the canary islands because of the page it's that's kind of exciting too like seeing seeing people just see something and then decide to go check it out yeah you made them curious all of your research to create it paid off hearing you talk about that how you pull from all sorts of different kinds of sources in order to create the content like how much time do you spend even just on like one meme or like planning out so many of these memes that you post because it sounds like there's a lot of energy going into the thoughtfulness and and the creation of every single one I'm very embarrassed by my screen time like (laughs) if anybody saw the screen time on my phone they would say like you you need help (laughs) (laughs) you have a problem (laughs) it's funny like the memes that sometimes I put the most thought into that I like overthink and and try to do like the perfect like little collage and like do all this work like lowest engagement and then <laughs> the meme that I make like in five minutes that's just a stupid idea I'm like whatever like I stopped trying to filter myself so much I'm like whatever let me just put it out there like blow so it's really funny sometimes I have to stop myself like from overthinking because when you you grow the page to this many followers like I start to get get nervous and hesitant and like are people gonna like this but I found the more I do that the less relatable the content is, the less, the more curated it looks. So I try and make sure that if I'm making a meme to just not overthink it, slap it together. If I have a stupid thought, like put it out there, someone's going to relate to it. Slap know? it together like the grapes with the duct tape. Let's just get it on there. 
Hey, art subjective. It's all art. We can consider it all art. No, but that's a good point, you know, because I'm I'm a huge overthinker. I don't know if that's like a Pisces thing or whatever, but like I I can definitely see how that could be daunting too. Again, you have like over forty five thousand followers, so I can only imagine too, like maybe sometimes the pressure that comes with having to make sure that the content feels like it's on point. But everything that you do, and again, I think more than anything, people just really love to engage with it because of how relatable it is, and and you do that flawlessly. So keep doing what you're doing. When you think about like how far you've come since you started this page, and even in your wine journey. As other people start to get inspired by visiting the shitty wine memes page and getting into wine, like what kind of advice would you give them as they're starting to explore this world and trying to find their own footing in it? Or what advice would you have given to like your younger self as you've started to navigate your own world and building that up? Definitely. Like I, I would say, you know, to let people know and make sure that they know. And I would have told myself that there's many different paths in this business and it's important to not be afraid to ask for help or reach out to people who are doing cool things in wine that you aspire or look up to so it's important to put in the work to learn and you know do some self-study but remember you'll always be learning and like i said before just because it isn't on a curriculum textbooks or grid doesn't mean that it's not valid Mm -hmm. um And just a reminder that the industry really lacks creativity sometimes and can be an echo chamber. So find what inspires you creatively, do something different and put it out there because I feel like that's a lot of what the industry needs. And you'll find that there might be way more people that identify with you than you thought. So I'm lucky, like I said, to live, live near some great wine shops. And I think that's the best way to get into wine is to get to know the person that runs the shop, go to tastings that they have that, you know, you get to try multiple wines and not have to worry about the risk of not liking it mm-hmm. and just keep exploring, know that it's never done, you know, and uh, and don't let people get you down. Like uh, everyone started somewhere, you know, some people might've had different privileges that might've advanced their knowledge or pronunciation skills or something quicker, <laughs> but like, just be patient with yourself. Like um, it took a, a really long time for me to feel like I belong in what I'm doing. And yeah. that, that uh, to be comfortable with just putting my creativity out there. And I wish I would have just been doing more fun things like that sooner. No, I, I completely can relate to that too. Cause there's sometimes this like innate pressure to feel like you just have to get it right on the first try. And that's just not how anything in life works, right? Like sometimes we got to show ourselves a little bit more grace and remember that you can't get to the success immediately. And also too, like other people who look at people who are quote unquote successful, like whatever that means to each one of us, like there was so much blood, sweat and tears that went into that and a whole life story that went into that before, like you saw just the gold, right? Like people always just see the gold. They don't know everything else that went into bringing that stuff to fruition. And so I didn't see my screen time. (laughs) (laughs) What is your screen time? By the way, I'm curious. No, so no, so, I'll have to go to like phone addiction courses. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's an addict. We can consider her an addict. No, mm-hmm. just kidding. Uh, hey, you know what? We got to thank the screen time though, because the screen time is what keeps this business afloat. What are the most things that you're looking forward to as, you know, a woman CEO running her own business? I think it's, it's just, like I said, putting more out there and seeing what like putting the energy and creativity out there and I'm, I'm a believer that if you if you put put what you're doing out there and you have a like a clear vision and you're consistent like the different opportunities will will come and you'll draw people into what what you're doing so definitely right now you know the the pins are are doing okay like but i hope to to definitely grow the business in a way that's more um that can support all the effort and time that I put into to the the memes so yeah I look forward to getting a bit more savvy and doing more collaborations and just being 
consistent in what I'm doing and continuing the trajectory of the growth and making sure that I'm doing it in a, in a way that is meaningful. 100%. And before we let people know how they can support and stay connected, because I definitely want to make sure we're mentioning that that is the whole purpose of this, making sure that we are drawing people to this page to shop your pins, your magnets, your stickers, to just check out all of the cool content that you have on Shitty Wine Memes. Where do you hope to see the future of wine go? I would love to see more conversations about responsible farming practices, um, respect of the land, the people that are working in the vineyard. And then ideally, I, I would love to see more creativity, more diverse voices, more accessible, inclusive education. And I always just get really excited when I see something out of the box, like people doing wine and music pairings or Mm -hmm. pairing wine and junk food or just doing something like silly. I love like creative concepts that make me laugh and also are engaging, you know, and are engaging the conversation in a different way that maybe isn't so rigid. (laughs) 100%, 100%. I would agree with all of those things. And lucky for you, you have the perfect platform to be able to do more of that and bring those things to fruition. They are witty, they're hilarious, they're lighthearted, and you do tackle a lot of those important topics and conversations that you'd like to see being chatted about more in the industry. So how do people support and stay connected if they want to learn more about you? Let's say people are out there like would love to do a collaboration and want to reach out. How do they follow? How do they definitely invest in these awesome shitty wine meme pims that you've got going on because I mean your your merchandise is on fire thank you check out (laughs) shitty wine memes instagram I'm also on twitter shitty wine memes and facebook and I'm also failing miserably at tiktok (laughs) shitty wine memes you created a tiktok yes it's it's hard to put memes in video form and um my website if you want to buy the pins is shittywinememes.com i also have the link in the profile of shitty wine memes and for collaborations my email is info at shittywinememes.com so really not hard for anybody out there to forget about that it's shitty wine memes basically everywhere like she jokingly said earlier she's building a shitty wine memes empire we are loving it you can visit that webpage shittywinememes.com but make sure you're following her instagram because that is where all of this hilarious content is at she also has links to everything else you can shop those pins those magnets those stickers you can also make sure that you are shopping specific pins that will go towards giving back towards the hispanics and wine collaboration she has going on as well as the roots fund collaboration she has going on i mean some of the great ways and things that we were talking about were just you know finding opportunities for collaborations and for projects that can actually have impact and drive a lot of the changes that we all want to see in the industry whether that's diversity initiatives or just being able to create new pipelines and opportunities and, and you are you are doing that through your meme page um, and through your business that you've launched with Shitty Wine Memes. So props to you, girl. Like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so excited for everybody to keep learning more about you and just the creative content that you've launched through your business through our Latinx State of the Wine Industry Summit that is happening October 13th. And thank you for sipping with me and allowing us to sip from your cup today. Thank you. No, this is a lot of fun. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I will see you on the 13th.